It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another episode of the Shakespeare's Events and Catering Podcast by Power Mizzou. I'm Gabe DeArmond, Mitchell Forty. Alongside, uh, first thing we do every week, uh, there's a reason we call it the Shakespeare's Events and Catering Podcast. That's because we want you to know about Shakespeare's Events and Catering, oddly enough. Uh, they will bring you pizza from 25 people to 2,500 people for your party, event, gathering, get-together, whatever other word you want to uh, come up with for it. Anywhere from 5 to $8 a person in general. Uh, any kind of pizza you want, anywhere you want, within... I assume reasonable distance. I have not yet asked them if they will fly you pizza. Uh, I assume you want to be within driving distance, but Shakespeare's will bring it to you if you would rather go into their restaurant. Uh, they have three of them in town. I actually was at a party at one of Shakespeare's locations last week. I did not go to the front desk and tell them I heard about it on the Power <laughs> Mizzou podcast, which was probably a mistake on yeah, my part. Clearly. You should have, or you, should, you could have told them that, that you're the reason that they've had this big business boom that I'm sure they've had, and they probably would have given you free pizza. <laughs> yes, all 20 people that were at our <laughs> event probably made the uh, made the difference in Shakespeare's bottom line for that particularly particular Saturday, but if you've got an event coming up uh you want pizza it's it's easy a lot of graduations going on high school graduations things like that coming up uh make sure to go to shakespeare's.com call them on the phone email them write them a letter however you would like to get in touch with them and they will bring you pizza uh most of the summer we are trying to catch up with former mizzou athletes we are going to be doing that um but first of all We've got about 30 minutes to come up, I guess, with a category for uh, for our how many can you name. We've got a couple of good suggestions on Twitter and a couple of terrible ones. So, Mitchell, if you've come up with anything, let me know. But uh, first, uh, on a serious note, like we, we record this at a radio station, and uh, I know everybody here is actually doing real important work, uh, a lot of bad weather in the area. So if you're listening in Jeff City, Web City, any of those areas, uh, hope everything is okay. I know the track and field championships have been postponed. Jeff City High School, uh, since yesterday, eight years ago, I kind of take it more seriously when tornado sirens go off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, Missouri has has felt that devastation a few different times. We were just saying before we got going here, we're pretty lucky here in Columbia. There was a a tornado that touched down just north of town and then one that obviously caused a lot of destruction uh, in Jefferson City, which is about 30 miles south of town. So definitely, you know, you got to... Got to want to keep those uh, those people in your prayers, and definitely, uh, if the sirens go off again, make sure you go somewhere safe. Yeah, put our little uh, you know debauchery here in a little <laughs> bit of perspective. I was actually I was in a checkout line a couple days ago when there was the first round of severe storms because it does rain here every day now. Right. Yeah. Uh, we are all building boats and and floating. Yesterday down we to had New like Orleans. three seasons worth of weather in one yeah. day. It was it, wild. It's crazy. But I was in a checkout line and people were talking about the bad weather. And so there's this guy in front of me, and he says, well, tornadoes don't really hit cities because of all the buildings. And somebody said, well, because they're so tall or what? He said, no, it just doesn't matter the height. Just because there are so many buildings, there's nowhere for the wind to go. Like, I don't think I've so. <laughs> seen a number of buildings that are torn apart by tornadoes. Like, 
Dude, if you listen, we appreciate you listening, but like you're just out there making stuff up for people sounding like you know what you're talking about. I'm no meteorologist, but I'm I'm pretty sure there are some cities out there including uh, Jefferson City, yes. with Chess City and its yes. name that have, that have been hit by uh hit by tornadoes. Yeah, tell yeah. the people in Jeff City that uh Maybe Colum- that that tornadoes now. don't hit buildings. Yeah. Uh the people at, at St. John's Hospital in Joplin uh I think tornadoes can hit buildings. It's yeah. a physical possibility. Yeah, very much so. So now that we've gotten all your uh, all your meteorology talk and, and we've straightened everybody out on weather, we will actually uh, get down to what I assume is the reason most of you listen, although maybe you listen for weather reports or pizza information. And if you do, we welcome that also. All right, as I said, we're catching up with uh, with former Mizzou athletes over the summer on the podcast. In, in the last couple of weeks, we've talked to football players who have, have gone on and, and kept playing sports after they left Mizzou. We're going a little bit different direction this week. We're talking with former Mizzou basketball player Keon Bell, and we're going to get into uh, what he's doing these days. And, and it's definitely an interesting story that, that maybe a lot of you guys don't know. First off, Keon, uh, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing today? No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing great, uh, actually. Yeah, I'm actually on a, a little brief vacation. Uh, oh, nice. Celebrating, yeah, celebrating some wins. So. Okay, so, yeah. so just, just kind of to introduce Missouri fans who maybe have lost track of you to what you're doing now, you are, you are a hip-hop artist. You've just released your first album. Just kind of catch Missouri fans up on your career and, and how things are going. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Um, actually, when I went to Missouri is when I, I started dabbling um, in the music thing. So um, I'm not sure how many people are familiar, but when I first went to Missouri, um, my first year, it was a red shirt year, of course. So uh, with a lot of like the downtime um, that I had within that year, I started like creating different things, um, like music, clothes, et cetera. That's where, I, where the love for it and the passion for it kind of began. Um, and since they're, since they're, you know, playing professionally, I still kept in touch with that, like, creative side. Um, and then since, like, 2016, um, I want to say, I've been doing just music and, and, and creative arts um, 100%. And, and yeah, I've um, been seeing a lot of great things happen. Um, like, we performed at, at Rolling Loud, which is major, like, the biggest hip-hop festival of the year. Um, was featured on Joe Budden podcast, the biggest music podcast. Had a lot of different, you know, People and celebrities tap in to support. Um, and yeah, the album's been doing amazingly well. Um, over 600, over half a million streams in like less than two months. Um, and then we, our story was just picked up by local news. So, uh, so yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much what I'm at with it now. So, been doing that full time for going on three years and some change now. Keon, you uh, you mentioned that you kind of started dabbling uh, in music when you were at Missouri. Was that was why why did that happen? Then was did someone kind of introduce it you to it, or, or did you just kind of uh, realize that that was something you wanted to pursue? No, I'm not gonna lie. It's something I always wanted. I wanted to do. Um, even you know, if I would have made it to the NBA, like I played professional sports, but even if I would have made it to the NBA, it's probably something I still would have would have done. Um, but I didn't really know, you know, how much. Um, love I actually had for creating until I started doing it full fledged. Um, but but no, music has been something I've been doing since I was like five or six. I started like in a church making gospel music as a kid when I was like five. So it's something I've been doing. It's just kind of evolved as I evolved as a person. So I I did watch a, a couple of the news reports that that you referenced, and one thing I I want you to tell us about growing up in California because I read I heard that. 
you had 25 people that lived in a single apartment in L.A. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. That, that is 100% true. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up in, like, South Central L.A. And um, um, when my great-grandparents passed, they left um, my grandmother a home. And, you know, the cost of living in L.A. is yeah. is extremely expensive. I think, like, now it's in, like, the top ten places in the world to live. Um, and I was raised by all women. So um, all of the, the male figures um, in my life were not present. So my grandmother, who actually had 11 kids, <laughs> it's crazy. She had 11 kids. She figured it would be best if we, if all of her children lived in that house and didn't have to basically pay rent. So, yeah, so all 11 of my grandmother's children, who were all women, all lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and all of their kids, which was us and me and all my cousins, uh, we all stayed in there, too. So I'm pretty sure you can imagine how gruesome it was getting ready for, like, school and work and stuff in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I can't, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy, all, all of us in a one-bedroom apartment. Gian, you know, as you kind of uh, started, you know, entering the uh, the musical realm and and trying to make a, a name for yourself, what are kind of some of the the hurdles that uh, that that you had to overcome and that you know, kind of starting out musicians have to to overcome uh, as they're trying to make a name for themselves? Man, you you really gotta just get people out of the light of seeing you as an athlete. You know, um, that was one of the biggest hurdles. It was like initially I was seen as an athlete that get music on the side. And now it's become to a point like I did an interview on like um, 92.3, a big LA state, a big LA radio station. And when I told them that I used to play basketball, they couldn't believe it. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like, really? Like, like, no, like no way. But initially it was very, very difficult for people to kind of take me serious because they've seen me dunking and shooting three corners all, all my life. So kind of overcoming that and, and kind of, getting fans and viewers in the mindset of I'm, you know, a true artist, a musician, like this is what I, this is what I do. When you were growing up, did you kind of view basketball as, as what was going to maybe get you out in, of, of that neighborhood and give you a chance to, to maybe go on and, and be successful? Was that kind of your vehicle? Obviously you went up to Pepperdine uh, for, for three years before you came to Mizzou. Um, initially when I started playing sports, I just liked it because all my friends and my family, you know, played mm -hmm. it. So, again, I'm very, very competitive. I'm a spoiled, like, only child. Um, <laughs> so, when I tell you I live with 24 people, we used to play sports all day, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever it may be. And literally, when I would lose, it didn't matter if it didn't care if it was video games, board games, whatever. When I would lose, I would talk to nobody in the house. Like, <laughs> nobody. Like, I, I would be so pissed. So, just from that competitive edge, like just wanting to be better than all my like cousins that I lived with, um, I kind of became good at basketball. And then once I started to age and get older and, and you know get into like the high school ranks and travel ball and stuff, um, I started to see that I can you know go to college for free, and and that's what I kind of viewed it as. But then you know even when I went to college, still that competitive edge, that competitive nature, just wanted to be better than the next than the person next to me. So. I would say that the competitive nature is kind of what, what started my interest in basketball, but then as I aged it and, and kind of realized that this is, you know, something that I could use to kind of turn things around for my family, I started to attack it that way. 
You mentioned being able to go to college for free, and I know a, a lot of people that, that might come from similar backgrounds will, will say things like, you know, they were the, the first member of their family to go to college. Was was college and an education something that growing up your your parents and grandma stressed, or was that something that, that you really started thinking about once you found out, hey, I, I can do this and, and it's not going to cost me a million dollars because basketball will pave the way? You know, my mom did. My mom stressed the hell out of that she still she still does yeah. <laughs> she, she still wants me to go back it would be like an ultra doctor or something <laughs> um, but no but no yeah my mom i couldn't do anything like anytime i would talk to her about anything that's music related or or creative related or starting my own business or whatever what i want to do at the, at the end of the day she would always say as long as it aligns with with school as long as you have your degree or education you can't do nothing without an education so that is something that my mom has stressed since I was a, a child, and she still continues to stress. So, Keon, you mentioned here kind of you know hyper competitiveness and that the competitive drive to to get you into basketball. How, how do you feel like that you know kind of applies to the uh, to the musical realm and has helped you since you got out of school? It applies in every way, and and you know like as I as I age and um and and started to like to dive into the corporate side of America, like it makes sense to me as to why so many businesses target athletes because there's so much of a sports mentality that I apply to everything in my daily life, whether it be something that that happens um, that is annoying or frustrating. I always have like a next play, you know, like mentality or always a long-term mentality of how can I win like the long game, not necessarily just win a quarter, win a second quarter, win a third quarter, um, whatever. I'm I'm always thinking long-term. You know, how at the end of basically a season um, cannot be better than I was last year. And I think that that has helped me, you know, each year from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, in regards to how the music has progressed. But in my mind, I still think and operate like an athlete. Like, I still go to the gym and work out every single day. Like, I'm like I'm about to go play a full 40-minute game. Um, and I haven't played basketball in I don't know how long. Um but, yeah, in my mind, I'm still an athlete, and I still definitely apply the same thinking methodology um, to how I attack anything, whether it's music, um, finances, uh, relationships, whatever it may be. So that that has definitely been something that has, has and will stick with me throughout the entirety of my life. Well, you, you can't approach your relationships that way. Let me tell you, somebody who's been married for 19 <laughs> years, you're never winning that, man. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, like, you're no, always yeah. second place there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but no, sometimes sometimes losing to the Warriors is still a good win. You know what I'm saying? There so. you go. There you go. We're talking to former Mizzou basketball player Keon Bell, and, and we're jumping back and forth a little bit between basketball and music here, Keon. But I want to ask you, you're, you, you're a California kid, grew up in L.A. You spent three years at Pepperdine. A lot of people have made that drive past that campus. So how how in the world do you end up in Columbia, Missouri for your last couple of years? I mean, if I went to Pepperdine, I'm pretty sure I'd never leave. I mean, I'm I'm kind of from there, you know, so it was it was kind of like I've seen this already mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, like I, I've been, I lived in southeastern LA. The drive to the beach is probably like 15, 20 minutes. So I made that trip a bunch of times. Um, I just literally wanted to be um, in a situation and environment um, that pretty much gave me the best chances to for tournament play um, for professional sports. Um, things of that nature. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Pepperdine is a is a great environment. It's definitely a great opportunity. I'm thankful for for the time that I spent there. Um, but yeah, I wanted to to play high major high major basketball. But 
whenever I'm missing the beach, I just take a stroll down there. Now I'm not too far. So <laughs> nice. That's nice. Yeah, uh, Keon, you know, kind of circling back to your your college basketball playing days. I know one of the things you were known for was was your dunking ability. I think I remember seeing a video of you a while back jumping over uh, four or five people at the Mizzou Madness thing before the season. Uh, what what's the first of all? Can, can you still dunk? And what's the best dunk you've ever done? The coolest dunk you've ever done. <laughs> I can still dunk. It hasn't been that long. Y'all, y'all talking to me like I'm, like I'm really watched. I, it hasn't been that long. And I, guess, I can still dunk. I would probably say the best dunk that I've ever done, it would either be the dunk over seven people. Wow. Or I did a, a, like a backwards 360 between the legs. Like the, I spent the, like going against the grain. Um, but I've only been able to do that like three times, so, uh, so I would all. say one of one of those are are probably my best dunk. I I remember that. I I also remember I think one of your uh, teammates at Mizzou Madness like going up in like the twentieth row and trying to throw you an assist. But like when you line up seven people and you're like, all right, I'm gonna jump over you and dunk. Do any of those seven people look at you and go, man, this is stupid. I, I'm not gonna be one of those people. <laughs> Every single time, like I, ha- I at least it, the dunk takes like an hour to do because it takes like fifty minutes to convince the seven people that, <laughs> that they'll be on set. <laughs> but you know, every single time, and I have to pull up like YouTube video evidence that I've done it before right. just to like show people and get people on board. Like you'll be fine, you'll be okay. Like if anything, I'm going to be the one that gets hurt. But but yeah, every single time they have the same reaction. It doesn't matter how many times people have seen me have seen me do that. I think when I I did the dunk at Mizzou. Um, Michael Dixon, he was very familiar with, with you know, me doing that at Pepperdine. He still didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> Keon, you were, uh, you know, at Missouri, I think you sat out the year that uh, the, the team went uh, won 30 games and uh, mm-hmm. was two-seed in the NCAA tournament and then made the, the NCAA tournament the following year. What, what kind of were, were your biggest takeaways just from kind of being on, on those teams, the successful teams, and, and uh, what, who, who would you say, I don't want to necessarily put you on the spot and make enemies, but uh, who, who was the best player on those teams? The best player, huh. man. The best player, the best. Um, honestly, can I can I can I do like a three way tie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, we don't want to get you in trouble with your former teammates. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that they they don't care, and they probably all think that they're the best players. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would say. The two people that – I was a defender. I was actually not a defender. The two people that it was the most difficult for me to guard would be, one, um, Mike Dixon, for sure, for sure. And he doesn't get much credit because, you know, he came off the bench. I think he averaged like 12 or 13 points his junior year. But what a lot of people don't realize, he averaged that in like 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he would come in and play a quarter and put up like – full game stats, like like 12, 13 points, five assists, like four or three or four steals, ridiculous. But in practice, he played a one or two. He never missed a shot. Like, he's open. He's not missing. Um, so I would say Michael Dixon. Um, Jordan Clarkson was definitely extremely difficult to guard. Talking about a guy that can do everything from three. He's, he's extremely athletic. He can defend. He can pass. He can handle the ball. He's 6'5". Um, so them two. But I would say as far as the person that has done things that I couldn't believe that he was doing, it would for sure be Mark, Marcus Dimmitt. Um, yeah. 
like seeing the the Kansas game, um, I think they were down like eight with like a minute left, and he scored like nine points or something, something crazy to win the game. Like seeing that live, oh, was like ridiculous for me. So it would be one of those three. So sure. it, were you the guy? I mean, it, you said you started to get into music. Like, do you entertain your teammates and stuff in the locker room when your senior year? Did they kind of know, you know, your your uh, your love for that and your talent? Yeah, um, they they forced me to like do like a song for them, like a um, like a warm up song or whatever. Um, but all my all my teammates was was very familiar with um, with um, my background in music, and you know sports and music is is so synonymous. Like mm-hmm. the rappers often make sports references. Um, athletes, anytime they're working out, they're listening to music. Um, so although, like, they knew about my background, they would often come to me and talk about, like, their love for music. And there was a lot of different people on the team who did music, too. I think Lawrence Bowers um, had a couple of different songs and stuff. And uh, Marcus Demon, he he would always show me, like, local artists in Kansas City that was doing music. Same with Phil Pressy <clears throat> with artists from, like, the Texas area. So it's, it's sports and, ath- and, and athletics are extremely synonymous. So once they kind of found out that I was tapped in, they would, they would kind of show their interest for it as well. Do you still keep in touch with a lot of those guys you played with? All of them, yeah. <laughs> every single one of them. Um, we're we're like real we're real good friends. And I think you mentioned um, the first year when they won thirty games. That chemistry was definitely a huge reason as as to why they were so successful. Um, like it wasn't kind of it, we we weren't a team. I don't really want to say we weren't a team, but we were really we were really like friends. Like we would go everywhere together, whether it be um, going out to eat, whether it be going to study hall and or different like parties around campus to the mall, like anytime downtime we had like outside of sports, we were always together because we were like genuine like close friends. So I definitely still keep in touch with all those guys. So Keon, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, putting together your first album and, and kind of the uh, some of the strides you've made as far as you know recognition and, and all that. Uh, what what kind of is the the next step uh, you think for you as far as uh, your musical career goes? Yeah, so next steps, um, we've been doing everything 100% independent. Um, next steps, we've been talking to uh, a bunch of different labels um, as to what we could do as far as like joint ventures um, and things of that nature. So that's definitely the immediate future. The album that I just released, we are doing a deluxe version of that and re-releasing it. So I'm going to have a special rollout for that. Um, and also a couple of different like major festivals um in the LA area the Miami area that we will be a part of as well so um that's basically what's within my immediate future um signing something re-releasing something and headlining something so that video is uh, is called you were in my dream and we're going to give Keon a chance at the at the end here to kind of let everybody know where you can hear his music and all that but but real quick before we do that just it, it kind of want to ask you um you know this this business and, and all that is the this is now i mean this is full time your career you are you are 100% in on this right yeah 1000% <laughs> yeah. yeah this is my career this is my daily job what i wake up and do on a daily basis and so i we do want to give missouri fans and, and anybody listening to this kind of a, a chance a, a, how first how would you describe your your musical style i mean a, whether it's what your influences were or uh or, or, you know, kind of where your inspiration comes from? Um, my inspiration comes from um, a bunch of different artists. So 
I would describe my style as, as very, you know, eclectic, and I'm attracted to um, most of the eclectic artists as far as what I listen to. Like Andre 3000, my favorite artist ever. I'm a huge fan of Childish Gambino, what he's doing, what he has going on. Um, I always thought I mean, the Big Baby John, um, who actually is one of the people that helped like, catapult what we're doing. But musically, he actually, or just randomly, and I've always been a big fan of him, he just randomly like reached out to me um, one day on like Twitter. So it's like, yeah, your music is dope, like I love it. So that was good to see um, someone else. By the name of Smino, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's from St. Louis. I freak, I love his music. I listen to him all the time. Um, but yeah, very like eclectic artists, um, different artists that can kind of do a mix of rap and sing, which is what I do. So, okay, so you're on vacation and you got a basketball game to play, so we want to let you go. But just real quick, kind of uh, let people know where they can find your music and and you know whether it's uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel, whatever. Uh, any way they can kind of find your stuff and maybe help out your career? Definitely. So my music is out everywhere on every single platform available, whether that's Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, just type in uh, my artist name, which is spelled X-I-A-N, and then um, E-E-L-L. And the YouTube is X-I-A-N, D-I-S-T-R-C-T. Um, but, yeah. Uh, music is out and available everywhere, so make sure you tap into that. The album is entitled You Are In My Dreams, and the lead single, which is kind of been getting the most notoriety, is called Dollar and a Promise. So that's where you're able to find everything. All right. Well, Keon, thanks so much for taking the time in, and best of luck with everything. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it. No problem. Thank you guys for, for the time as well. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Keon. All right. Have a good one. Keon right. Bell, former Mizzou basketball player. And if you didn't hear that – X-I-A-N-B-E-L-L is his artist name. You can type that in YouTube, uh, you know, anywhere you get your music. It's a, it's on uh, Apple Music. It's on Spotify, whatever. Just search him out. And uh, a guy that I think a lot of people here didn't really know. I didn't know Key on that well. He was here for – he played for a year, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, a pretty interesting guy to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. Uh, you know, was – uh, went away from from the beach to come play high major basketball, yeah. and then went away from basketball to go be uh, be a musician. It seems as though he's uh, been fairly successful at all of it. So very cool to talk to him. We'll just put him on the list of people on the podcast who are more talented than we are, and the people uh, who maybe like if we we can like be friends and like go visit him at the beach or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be waiting for that text from yeah. Keon Bell asking Any you day and now. me to go out. I know and, it's uh, coming and see him in uh, in Los Angeles. Um, it, we could actually have done for uh, for how many can you name? Like all those artists that he named off, we could have just gone. Have you heard of them? Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm a 42 year old. Uh, I, I would, like no. I, I would probably not. do better than you. I, I, I hope so. Maybe not a ton better. Not significantly yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you manage to come up with anything we should talk about? Because otherwise, there are a couple of uh, suggestions we can go through. No, I, I have no good ideas. Okay, I, like somebody wanted us to name UFC fighters, but like I can't no, do that. No, that's not fun. I, ben Askren might be. I don't know if that's UFC I, MMA. I, I don't think know. So I don't know. Works. Yeah, I don't know what the divisions are. Yeah. So that's no. That's so we're not going to do that. So the one suggestion we got, and I don't think this is going to go significantly better, but it's possible. Because I'm a Royals fan, I know you're somewhat of a Cardinals fan. Your dad, I think, mm-hmm. is more of one. But uh, is somebody suggested that we name guys who have played for both the Royals and Cardinals? Yeah, I, I can name one for sure. I I'm know, not sure I can name 
I know that Lonnie Smith played for both I think I can name teams. one. I think so, uh, John Jay played for both, I think. He was a Royal uh, for like two and a half weeks yeah, before they traded right, him. Right, right. Uh, but I know he was a Cardinal because he left yes. shortly after. When I covered the team, he had just been traded. Yes. Uh, um, and that's all I got. I mean, there have to be more. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know if... My like, Cardinals knowledge goes back to about 2017. Okay. <laughs> so that is pretty short. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Like, I know guys who have played for him. I, I'm sure we're going to get a ton of people. Yeah. I mean, we managed to get to two. I feel like maybe, like, I'm sure there are some awful pitchers. Like, I don't know, maybe yeah. Joaquin Indujar threw a game for the Royals one yeah, time. It's, it's very possible. Uh, I don't know who that is. So. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he he infamously um, got kicked out of one of the uh, World Series games in 1985. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, – some of the relievers that were there during my summer covering the Cardinals and where they were beforehand, but yeah, a lot I mean, of those guys have been of all the over the place. Would have left the Cardinals and gone to the Royals after they were done being useful baseball players, because <laughs> if you for about twenty years, if you were done with the Royals, like there was no other <laughs> major no, league not team going that anywhere else. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, I it, there are going to be some obvious ones. I feel like that get thrown out to us on Twitter or on the message board, but Lonnie Smith was the only one. I, I believe there was like a. Uh, federal arrest in between those stops mm. and then he went on yeah, and, good for him and played uh, played with the atlanta braves and and infamously got deked on a, a fly ball and, and the braves lost the world series i think that was against the twins but that's really all i got yeah i that that was that's a tough one that's not that's not my area of, of expertise and this was really clearly st louis blues players was more much more your area of expertise uh, barely yeah. yeah at least it's current this seems to have devolved into exactly what i knew it would be which people just like name things that they know we're not going to know next yeah. week they'll say name hip-hop artists and yeah. we'll just not even do it well i'll, I'll try to give we'll give some better thought to uh yeah. to, to like maybe we should we yeah. should we should get do something like food related. I feel like we'd both do pretty good at that. Oh, definitely. Foods you have spilled on yourself. During, yeah, well, that's during various a lengthy, meals. lengthy list. We could go for hours. This was really my fault because I kind of forgot to to ask for suggestions earlier this week and didn't really think about it until late last night uh, while I was uh, waiting out possible tornadoes in the area. So. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? Mizzou, like we're really at the point now. I feel like we should touch quickly on baseball because baseball mm-hmm. is the only sport that might still have some season left. Yeah. Uh, I think the chances are 50-50. I mean, they, they lost 7 out of 10, 5 out of 6, and kind of they're at the point where if they get in, like there's an argument for that team to be an NCAA tournament team. I see it. They've, they've won a lot of top 50 games, got a pretty good RPI, all that. But also if they get left out, I don't think there's a complaint. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you, you look at. And, I'm you know, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the, the uh, NCAA baseball selection process, but, you know, a lot of times in basketball, you, you kind of do talk about, you know, a factor is who's playing well right now. And Missouri's yeah. lost, what, five games in a row and six of their last seven. I, I mean, that's that that hurts uh, that, you you know, you can't really blame much anyone but yourself uh, if you get left out um, with that, you know, way you finish the season. So I, I agree. I, you know, just after watching, uh, I think it was whatever Tuesday's uh, SEC tournament yeah. game and, and kind of hearing the commentators talk about it, <clears throat> it seems to be a. Very 50-50 proposition probably will depend on a little bit on some of the you know the mid-major tournaments, uh, the the bubble bursters, if you yep. will. From so we'll see. And they should, the SEC should hire Mike Bianco, the old Miss coach, as like <laughs> yeah. a baseball PR guy because he's right. saying he's saying we should get every team in. Blah, and I get it, but again, like you lost a lot of big games late. I saw 
had some people push back against Steve Beezer. You know, he bunted too much, or he should have thrown TJ Sycamore on three days rest. Yeah. But like pitching wasn't it, the problem. They lost definitely. two to one. No, the pitching absolutely wasn't the they, problem. They can't yeah. hit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the last time TJ Sycamore did pitch, he he allowed one run, and they still lost. One, so. Right. I think it was one run on two hits, and they yeah. got beat. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, the uh, clearly the bats are the the issue. Um, you know, a few injuries didn't help along the way, but yeah, at this point, uh, we'll see what's the selection shows Monday, I believe Monday at 11 a.m. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we will then know if there is a season left to cover or, or if watch. we're fully in the off season. Yeah, yeah. I know that neither one of us sits around and watches a lot of college baseball, but did you yeah. see what happened in the SEC baseball tournament last night? I did not know. Was there a tornado? No, no. <laughs> um, LSU and Mississippi State went 17 innings and finished Ooh. at 3.03 in the morning. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, Those, the that's poor... the kind of experience yeah. that makes someone who covers it quit their job. Yeah, no doubt. I think if I was like broadcasting the game, I'd probably go ahead and call it mid-game. Like... At least if you were broadcasting <laughs> it, you'd be done with the when the game was over. That's true, yeah. But like, these guys that had to write afterwards, they probably left the press box at 4.30. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I I would just, I would tweet out my story. My next tweet would be, I resign. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. You had to cover all of one baseball game last season and that it went was like, like 18 innings, innings, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you nearly quit. It almost <laughs> happened. You nope. threatened too many times via text. It, I actually covered two baseball games because it lasted as long as two, but right. it was all the same game. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Next week we'll we'll have a little bit more. Well, hopefully a lot more information on Missouri baseball. They'll mm-hmm. either be done or actually probably getting ready to open play. I think the tournament will start uh, next Thursday, if I'm correct. Yep. Uh, so. That's that, and and when baseball is done, we'll probably do some sort of kind of a, a retrospective year in Missouri sports podcast. We'll have some more uh, have some more former athletes again. Keon Bell, uh, one of the more interesting ones we've uh, we've had a chance. It, check his stuff out. It's uh, it is and like it is at Keon Bell on Twitter. Except again, it's X I A N underscore Bell. Uh, you can look that up. YouTube, Spotify, Pandora. It, we could just do music platforms is how many you can name. I can yeah. actually name a lot. Of I think those. we could probably get a, most of all the main ones. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. So yeah. uh, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have more on the podcast next week. And maybe a former athlete. Maybe we'll just kind of be looking back at the year in sports. Who knows? Uh, before we do finish up, want to once again remind you, podcast is brought to you by Shakespeare's Events and Catering Every Week. If you have at least 25 people that like to eat pizza and everybody likes to eat pizza, most of you, I hope, know at least 25 people that would be willing to at least come over if you said, I'm getting you free pizza. <laughs> most of you probably don't know 25 people that would come over without that. I certainly don't. Yeah, I'm not sure I do either. But if I told 25 people I am buying you Shakespeare's pizza, I guarantee I could get 25 people to come over. So do that. Uh, Shakespeare's.com. Give them a call, whatever. Use them for the next party you have. And thanks for listening. We'll be back a week from now on the podcast.